Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. How many of you are in this place today where you really truly are saying, God, we want more of you. We are desperate for you. We want more of your presence. We want more of your spirit. We want more of your power. But you know what? One of the things that occurs to me is, is that oftentimes it's so difficult for us to obtain all those things if we're really not being obedient to him. If we're really not listening to his voice and to the things that he has for us. And I believe that that's the one thing that will hold us back. Because you see, I, I know that we are constantly bombarded by so many different voices, so many different noises, so many different distractions that it's so hard for us to really feel the presence of God, to really sense where the Lord wants us to go. Because a lot of us say, Laura, all we want is you. We want to hear you. But sometimes, somewhere along the way, we get stuck, right? Somewhere along the way, we just can't hear the correct signal. Somewhere along the way, we just can't get to where we need to go. And you know, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6 that says, Casting down imaginations and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. But see, here's the next part. This is, this is the part that requires action from us. All right? So the Lord is bringing all those thought captives, but there is an action that has to happen. The next verse says, And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is being fulfilled when your obedience see the problem with many of us is is that we ask the lord to keep all these thoughts away from our from our mind and our heart we say lord i don't want to do that anymore i don't want to touch that anymore i don't want to go there anymore and see the, the 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 lord is so true when he says that he will create a way out right he says that there's no temptation that will overcome us because he will create a way for us to be out but the problem with many of us is, is that we want all these different things, but we don't want to do our part. See, and what this scripture gives me the promise is, is that God will take those thought captives so that they don't overwhelm me. That God will take those thought captives so that I don't have to give into temptation. But not only that, but it says that God will punish those thoughts. But there is a condition tied to that. Our obedience so how many of us today are here ready to be obedient to the Lord how many of us are here being obedient to different things you know oftentimes you know as, as parents and, and and those of you that have children or have been parents for a while and whether your child is a, a teenager or whether it's a small child one of the most frustrating things that, that us as parents have is, is that when we're asking our children to do something, right? We ask for something to be done and they just don't hear and they just don't, don't, don't understand what we're saying. They don't hear the words that are coming out of our mouth, right? They just don't hear them. And then there's where the disobedience come. And, and, and today the question 
that I'm wondering is, is that is it because they're really being disobedient or is it because they're really not truly hearing our words? Is it because maybe they're truly not listening to what we have to say? Maybe something is getting along the way. If we have a, if we have a young child that, that has their own phone and they're scrolling and, and just looking at YouTube shorts or anything, could it be that that noise that they're hearing from that phone is a little bit louder than your voice? But yet we get all frustrated with all these different things. And I believe that in our walk with the Lord, I believe that something very similar happens where the Father is talking to us, where the Father wants to take us into a particular direction. He wants to take us into our promised land. But for some reason or another, we allow the sounds of this world to just overcome us and overtake us. So today I'm going to go ahead and, and just, just going to, as we get started here, I'm just going to go ahead and pray. Just going to pray that the Lord will just open up our ears that we may hear. But not only that, but he will give us the, the willpower to not only hear, but to obey. A while back, um, back in our uh, Fake Tab days, uh, uh, one of the nights uh, I was, uh, you know, we were leaving, I think it was the youth night, it was Wednesday night and we were leaving and we ran into this gentleman that wanted to call. They needed a ride home and he was just kind of lost and everything else. And during that time, uh, you know, we were ministering, uh, my wife and I were ministering to him and we were talking and, uh, and, and, and he confessed that he had killed somebody in Mexico and, and that's one of the reasons why he was here and as I as I witnessed to him and as I um, offered salvation to him and offered to pray for him and when we got to the uh, uh, to the part where we say you know and, and and I'm sorry for everything that I that I've done he paused and he said I want to be sorry but I'm not sure if I am and I think that I'm praying that we don't get caught into that, into that place where we say, Lord, we want to, but I'm just not sure if I can. Once again, I pray that the voice of the Lord today will be so loud. Because many of you may find yourself here knowing that the Lord has a purpose for you. He has a higher calling, but yet you may be just holding on because... You just like what you're doing a little bit too much. And you may have the desire to want to do it, but you're like, I'm just not quite sure if I'm ready to let go yet. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Daddy, that your word is so true. We thank you, Father, that as the, as, as the word of God in Hebrews tells us that we can come with confidence before the throne of grace. And we just thank you, Daddy, that you allow that to be, to be possible because of the obedience of Jesus Christ. Because he heard you and he did what was called so that we could have life and life more abundantly. But not only that, so that we would no longer be separated from you. So, Daddy, we just thank you, Lord, that you are here today, Lord, that you, are, that you are touching hearts, that you are convicting hearts, Lord, that you are delivering, Lord, and, and, and bringing deliverance when deliverance needs to be, Lord. I just pray, Father, that each and every one of us, Lord, will hear 
what you have to say to us today, Lord. But not only here, Father, that we may take the step and obey. So today, Daddy, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, and we thank you. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. And for those that uh, don't know me, uh, I'm, obviously I'm not Pastor Jamin. Pastor Jamin is uh, over here in his element. Uh, my name is Beto Ortega. I'm one of the pastors here at Impact Church. Definitely, um, I, I am blessed to have the opportunity to bring the word today. And anytime that the uh, Lord opens this opportunity, it's, it's, it's such a blessing. Amen. In uh, the last couple of weeks, I've just been kind of thinking about um, just what the Lord has been doing has, been, has, has done and is continuing to do in our lives, my family and in our lives. You know, uh, um, last week, um, it was uh, 22 years when I came to know the Lord. And uh, it was uh, 22 years when uh, Pastor Jamin, he's, he's my pastor and he's also the one that led me to the Lord, when he looked at me with his big blue eyes and said, Sir, are you ready to make the best decision of your life? <laughs> and I say, absolutely. And, uh, and ever since then, I've been walking with the Lord and really just kind of seeing what the Lord has been doing. But a lot of it has to do with um, just the level of obedience that, and, and submission that we're willing to do. I think that oftentimes we come to the place where we allow Jesus to be our Savior but we have such a hard time letting him be our Lord, right? Man, I think that that's where the listening part comes, <laughs> amen? Because how many of us have problems being saved, right? We, we, we are about to uh, have an accident or maybe we fall into a ditch and we're asking for help. How many of us have problems, somebody reaching out and giving you a hand and pulling you out, out of your stuff? How many, how many of us have a problem with it? Not that many of us, right? All of us are like, okay, get me out. I need help. That's the saving part, right? Jesus pulled us from the pit of hell and just brought us out. The problem that many of us have is, is that we just have such a hard time with making him our Lord. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and sometimes it has to do with maybe the type of music that we listen to the type of places that we go to, the things that we touch, right? And the list can go on and on and on. And see, and I believe that the Lord is, is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I want to be your Lord, but you need to obey. <laughs> you need to do what I say. Amen. My children know that uh, when, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, mom is, is uh, my lovely bride is asking them to do something and sometimes they don't move. But sometimes when daddy comes home, they hear my voice and they move. You know, and a lot of the reasons why they move is not just because, I, I like to believe that it's not just because I'm scarier than mommy. I think that part of the reason is, is that I think that I've established a relationship with them. Right? I am their father, and they know that I love them unconditionally. They know that I will do anything for them. They know that I will pursue them. And because they know that, I, I like to think that 
they listen because they respect me and because they do this. Wouldn't it be so awesome that we get to that place with our Lord and Savior? That we hear a word from him and we say, you know what? We are going to move. We are going to do what the Lord wants us to do. Last week, Pastor Jamin, at, 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 uh, at towards the uh, later part of his uh, sermon, and I was telling Pastor, wow, it seems like we were kind of thinking a, a, along the same lines. So we, this, you know, th uh, this series is about having sound doctrine. And we're really focusing today on the word sound, right? And Pastor Jamin was alluding to that last, last week. And when we're talking about sound, we know that sound is powerful, right? Sound is an incredible phenomenon that surrounds us every day. But many times we just take that sound for granted. But sound has the ability to captivate, inspire, and transform our, our daily lives. In the Bible, we find, find so many different references to the significance of sound. In the book of Genesis, we hear that how God spoke the world into existence, right? In Psalm 33 and 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So it was by the sound of the, of the, of the Lord, by the power of the sound, he created something. With his words, he created light. He separated the waters and formed every living creature. The power of sound is evident from the very beginning as God brought beauty from all the emptiness that existed. Amen. So throughout history, sound has played a vital role in spiritual worship and practices. The Israelites used the trumpets and other musical instruments to praise God and celebrate victories. We were just kind of uh, singing about how the walls of Jericho fell down, right? Joshua, the sixth chapter. So it is through that sound, through music, that we can tear down strongholds. But sound is not the only important, uh, it's not the only important thing in the realm of worship. Sound also affects our daily ways it, it, in ways that we don't even realize. Just think about the power of a spoken word to, to a hurting soul that says, you can do it. I love you. I believe in you. Those words can just bring so much comfort and peace to somebody who is broken. Our words have the power to heal. Or in the same token, they also have the power to do what? To hurt. To tear down. To say you're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. You're always going to be a loser. You're not worth anything. So words are powerful. They have the power to build and they also have the power to tear down. And for that reason, the sounds that we make are important. But the sounds that we allow into our lives are just as important. And sometimes those sounds may come in the form of a voice. And the question that I'd like to ask you today is, what voice are you listening to? Because you're listening to something. You're listening to someone. 
And if you're not careful, you are believing the lies that those voices are telling you. The worst thing is, is that when those, those words kind of get wrapped in a way where you think that those words are coming from God. Oftentimes, we think that those words are coming from God because we have certain desires. We have certain things that we want to do. And we say, well, if it feels good, it must be from God. So what voices are you listening to? John 10, 27 and 28 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And see, what this tells me is, is that if God knows you and you know him, you know exactly what he's telling you. You know exactly in the direction that he's leading you. Not only that, but it says, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So what voice are you listening because there is a voice that you're listening to. The question is, where is that voice coming through? You know, and as I was thinking about that, and as the Lord was depositing this into my spirit, one of the thoughts that, that came to mind was a passage in, in the book of 1 Kings. Um, and we're going to go ahead and go there. 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, verses 9 through 11. Starting in verse 9. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? How many of us, when we're doing something that we're not supposed to be doing, how many of us can hear the word of the Lord says, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? See, the problem is, is that oftentimes we have just become, you know, kind of like, for example, you know, how many people uh, like hot Cheetos? I think everybody likes hot Cheetos, right? And, and after a while, hot Cheetos may not even seem that hot, right? You just become immune to that and you're just like eating them like nothing and you just don't even feel it, right? Because you've already became immune. I believe that sometimes when we become too comfortable with sin, we just be, become immune to the voice of the Lord that's saying, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing right now? So that's why it's so important for us to really be in a place of obedience where we hear. So here it says, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. At the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, 
Elijah. See, sometimes God may have to repeat himself when he's not getting the response that you ought to be giving him. He replied, and sometimes we reply God with the same exact response, right? And here's Elijah saying, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way that you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. All right, so we read this passage, right? So we, now we find that, uh, um, that the Lord is really asking Elijah, what are you doing here? But let, let's go ahead and break this down. In verse 9, it says that the word of the Lord came to him. In verse 11, the Lord gives him a command to go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord was about to pass, right? And while he was there, he hears wind, there's an earthquake, there's fire, but the Lord was not there until he heard a gentle whisper. See, and, and sometimes we think that when we do all these different things from the Lord, you know, we, we get all crazy, we scream and shout, and, and we want to hear from God, and we say, God, we just want your presence, and we, just want, and we get all crazy, and, you know, it's like our hair gets all over the place, and, and you know, our makeup, well, I don't wear makeup, but if I did, you know, uh, be all over your face, and, and sometimes the voice of the Lord just comes in a very, gentle whisper. But see, you can only hear that whisper if you're really being attentive to the voice of the Lord. You can only hear that whisper if you're only listening. Amen? So he was able to hear that with a simple whisper. Whisper. See, in this passage may seem a little too familiar to some of us in the sense that we are trying to hear from the Lord and sometimes he just doesn't seem to be there, right? Because, for example, here Elijah is having to repeat himself, right? Twice after the Lord asked him. But not only that, though, right? He hears, he hears wind, he hears an earthquake, there's fire, and there's still yet no answer from the Lord, how many of us have ever been in that position where we're asking the Lord for answers and he just seems to be quiet as if he doesn't care? Sometimes we're pursuing the Lord on the answers on the next steps that we need to take for a job, for a big, big, big decision, right? A job, perhaps a relationship. Should I be in this particular relationship? Perhaps direction on a rebellious child, or a broken relationship, or health decisions that you need to make. You name it. You seek and you ask, but God appears to be silent. How many of you have ever found yourself in that position? I think a lot of us have. And I think a lot of us also grow in, in, um, in frustration when that happens. Or what about when we are trying to hear from God? but we totally miss what he's trying to tell us. And I think that's a big, I, I think sometimes that's a bigger problem, <laughs> right? 
we are, you know, we're trying to hear from the Lord, but we completely miss what he's telling us. And let me go ahead and illustrate this. I need about 10 volunteers. Any of the uh, impact kids want to come up and help me with the, with the quick illustration? Jed, come on, guys. Come right up, guys. I need about 10 of you. Come right up. If you want to help out, come on up. Give it up for our, our kids who are in service today. Come right up. Come right up. And then I, I want you guys to just go ahead and get in line right here. I need a, a few more if, uh, adults if you guys want to come up to come right up. All right. All right. All right. And let's go ahead. You know, we're going to go ahead and play the, uh, the game of, uh, of uh, telephone, all right? And let's go ahead and see uh, what happens, right? Because I think this is a good illustration of sometimes God is telling you something, but the end result is going to be something else. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell Kenzie to be the first one, and then... Uh, I can wait until this. You know, I was, I was thinking about doing uh, a thing where, I'm, you know, start off with saying, Pastor Jamin really likes the White Sox, and then have the, the last person saying, Pastor Jamin thinks the White Sox suck, you know? <laughs> that would have been perfect. All right, brother, what is the uh, phrase that you uh, ended up with? The funny cat, the funny cat. The funny cat in the funny hat. Not quite right. <laughs> the original sentence was, if you have it up there, uh, Courtney, if you did it, uh, it's the funny bunny hit the color candy in the color can. So ha, 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 who messed it up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks everybody. Appreciate your help. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. So, once again, I, I, I think this is a quick illustration of how sometimes it is even more scary when we mishear the message that we're trying to get from God, right? God is asking you a very particular thing, and you hear something completely different. And then the message that you relay is completely off, off the chain. So, uh, you know, and I believe that, that, once again, that one of the most dangerous things that we can do is believe that what we are hearing from God, is the, it, that we're really uh, um, hearing from God, when in reality it could be our own desires leading us into a certain direction. 
Sometimes we just think that that's really the will of God for my life. Have you guys ever uh, had any, anybody tell you, it's like, well, how do you know that's God's will for my life, right? How do you know? <laughs> and, you know, and it's kind of like trying to convince a child, right, that having ice cream for breakfast is not the best idea. Yeah. Or maybe even somebody who's lactose intolerant, right? Like, yeah, probably not be the best idea. But see, th th that child could tell you, you know what? But that ice cream tastes so good. And it's good for me. I, I like it and I love it. So because it feels good and it tastes good, it's got to be God's will for my life, right? And that's the danger is that some, oftentimes, oftentimes, we allow our emotions, our thoughts to lead us in a way where we're thinking it's God, when in reality... It's not, right? A good parent will say, nope, you're not having that. You know, you're going to have a good, healthy breakfast, but you're not having ice cream for that. I mean, you may have it as dessert later on in the day, but the first thing in the morning is probably not God's will for your life. So once again, we may, you know, um, uh, they, they may try, but once again, sit there and argue that that this is God's will for their life, but you as a parent know what's best, right? And they may even try to use uh, John 10.10 10 that says, um, I have come that you may have life and have more abundantly. And they may even say, you know what, you're messing around with my abundant part of the scripture here, right? But, you know, you also got to remind them that there's also a thief that, not, that, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and oftentimes we miss that because we focus on all the good stuff and living an abundant life that we forget that there is a many enemy that's trying to trip up in your purpose. The things that, you, that the Lord has in store for you that has greater things and that there is an enemy that is out there that is trying to kill, steal, and destroy and take the purpose from your life away from you. Amen? So, another question then. How do you know if something is God's will for your life, how do you know? How do you know? We know that ice cream is not God's will for your life first thing in the morning, right? So how do you know if something is God's will for your life? Have you prayed about it? Have you quiet your emotions enough? Have you quiet your passions enough to really seek God in prayer and meditation, in separation? So I believe that oftentimes if we really want to hear from God, sometimes we just got to say, time out, you know, time out, just got to hear from God on this. I believe that it's very difficult for us to hear from God while you're, you're moving, while you're, you're in motion, while you're doing different things. Sometimes the Lord tells us, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So have you quiet your emotions and passions enough to really seek God in prayer and meditation? Have you reflected on your intentions and asked for clarity and wisdom? Again, those are simple questions that how do you know if something is God's will for your life? Have you seek God's word for guidance? Right? And, and, and be careful, right? Because, you know, I, I hope that you don't open up the Bible and you're seeking, you know, God for something and you open up the Bible and then you open it up in, in John 
the 13th chapter, the 27th verse, in the second part of the verse, the second part of the verse, it says, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. And this is when, when Jesus is, you know, uh, this is when Judas is about to, uh, to betray uh, Jesus. And we all know how that turned out for Judas, right? So you got to be careful that you are not just opening up the word and just saying, okay, let me see what the Lord says. Okay. No, we got to make sure that we study the word, that we hear from the Lord to make sure that what we're hearing is in alignment with his will. Have you consulted with spiritual leaders, mentors, and trusted individuals? And when I say trusted individuals, I'm just thinking about this pastor, of thinking of your dad, Pastor Jeff Becker, right? That will always, you know, always say, you know, you don't know anything until you're 30. And then he switched that, you don't know anything until you're 40. And then he says, you have no business asking anybody your same age for advice when they haven't even lived anything, right? So that always stuck with me, right? This is that if you're looking for advice, as with somebody that has some, some, uh, uh, some guidance, some experience, some wisdom in those areas, right? You know, um, you know I, I don't know if I would ask for financial advice for somebody who is currently bankrupt, you know? Maybe uh, on not how to do something. So, um, you know, just, you just gotta be, uh, just gotta be careful who you go to. Have you taken the time to do self-reflection? Have you considered your values, your passions, your strengths and weaknesses? Have you reflected on how your choices align with your faith and the principles you hold clear? Not only that, but also consider the impact that your decisions are not only going to have on yourself, but on others. Right? The Word tells us that we ought to consider others before ourselves. So oftentimes our decisions are not just about us. Our decisions are about the people that are around us and how that may impact those around us. See, and, and when you're doing all those things and you've done that, you're really seeking confirmation from the Lord, right? You've already kind of testing your discernment by seeking uh, through, you know, different signs, through prayer, through the word, through counsel from trusted individuals. Many of those things, when you do those things, it will give you the clarity and affirmation that you're looking for so that you can walk with the assurance that, this is something that you are hearing from God. But you know, the biggest thing is, is that through this process, we just have to be patient. We just have to trust that the Lord will get us there. Because oftentimes when we just lose um, our, our faith and trust, we just end up tripping up and, and, and being in a place where, where the Lord never intended us to be. See, but one of the things that we have to be careful as well is, is that when, when we're in a place of waiting, oftentimes our mind and our thoughts can become distorted. And we have to be careful not to fall into distorted thinking. In verse 14, we see that the voice of God is not the only voice that Elijah was listening to. Because he says, I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. But that's not true. Because if you read earlier in 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, um, um, he, had, he had ran into, uh, another, um, uh, in, in, into another prophet that says, Haven't you heard, my Lord, that, I, that what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, 15 each, and supplied them with food and water. So he had just had that encounter, though, even though a lot of the prophets, the Lord's prophets were being killed, 
There were a hundred of them that were still there. But yet in his mind, he was thinking, I'm the only one that's left. Because he was listening to another voice, and it definitely wasn't the voice of the Lord. Somewhere along the way, his thinking became distorted of the truth. He may have, he may have been isolated, but he definitely was not alone. And see, and that's what happens when you just take some time to separate yourself to truly hear from the Lord. You may have to isolate yourself, but just because you're isolated doesn't mean that you are alone. Because you see, if we're not careful, that distorted thinking, it's going to be like a bad recording that plays over and over in our heads, convincing us of a false reality. And eventually, that distorted message will shape and define the way that we see our world. And those messages in our head, repeat li repeated lies, will change our identity and our destiny. And oftentimes, that distorted thinking will cause us to make missteps in the way that we walk and where we're going. So we just got to be so careful. So what voice are you listening to? What voice is leading your steps? What voice is commanding your very action? And you see, one of the most common forms of distorted thinking is that oftentimes we take a victim mentality. See, Elijah had developed a bad case of, of victim thinking. You will never be not hear from God when you start believing that you are a victim and that you are not responsible for the situation that you find yourself in. Oftentimes we, we play the victim mentality and we say, well, everybody's against me. You know, God, I'm, I'm hearing from you, and I know that I got to do this, but everybody's against me, and nobody, you know, cares about me. You know, I have a call, and I, you've called me to do this and that, and nobody's listening to me, or nobody's doing this. And we just start taking the victim mentality. You know, sometimes we need that, you know, knowing that we have to persevere, but we have to be careful in the way that we look at that, because it could be completely have the uh, complete opposite effect. Elijah had started to operate under the same distorted thinking. During his journey to the cave, he began to point to his difficult circumstances and to the wrongs of the people to justify mo uh, moping in his dark and damp prison, which was that cave. And listen to this. It is true that we cannot control what people do against us. We have little power over other people's attitude and behavior towards us. But we can always choose whether or not we take on the victim mentality. We cannot control our circumstances, but we can definitely control the way that we react to them. And we can choose to either take the victim mentality or really own up our responsibilities. Elijah felt like he had been faithful to the Lord, but that no one else was. 
How is that his fault? Of course, he was not responsible for the actions of everybody else, but he was responsible for his own actions and the attitude that he had taken. And you see, as a father, you are not responsible for the rebellious attitude of your teenage child. But you are responsible for the, the harshness and anger towards him. Sometimes we get angry, right? We are not responsible for a negative attitude of our children, but we are responsible how we react to them. As a wife, you are not responsible for maybe the insensitivity and, and thoughtlessness of your husband, but you are responsible for the bitterness and resentment that you allow to grow into your heart. As an employee, you are not responsible for the bad choices that your managers make. But you are responsible for the critical outlook you allow to rob your energy and productivity. As a college student, you are not responsible for the negative things that may be happening in your parents' life, like a divorce. But you are responsible for the lack of forgiveness you allow to invade your life. As a boss, as a manager, you are not responsible for the negative anti-management attitude certain employees have. But you are responsible for the demissive or harsh reactions to them. So you see, there is a cause and effect, and we have the power to act on it or, or, or blame everybody else for whatever that it is going on in our hearts and in our lives. Elijah could not be held responsible for the spiritual hardness and failing away of Israel, but he was responsible for giving up hope and no longer trusting God in the crisis. You see, for three years, Elijah fought to maintain the right attitude in the face of challenging circumstances, and he succeeded. Ironically, by losing confidence in God, Elijah became just like the other Israelites whom he blamed for his condition. So what noises are keeping you from hearing from God? What noises are keeping you from hearing from God? Could it be that maybe, just maybe, we are suffering from impaired hearing? See, and the thing is, is that many of us have so much noise, white noise in our life. And because we have that white noise, we struggle to hear the voice of God. See, Webster Dictionary defines white noise as the constant background noise, one that drowns out other noise. My kids like having a fan on in their bedroom at night because it's just, you know, just like that white noise that allows them to fall asleep, you know? They, they love that, right? And, and you know, I, I know uh, Dylan and Devin like their fans. Uh, when they were kids, they would come over, they'd bring their fan over, and it's like, you guys coming over for the night or are you guys moving in? What the heck? So again, sometimes that white noise will, will drown out other sounds. And many times it's virtually impossible to hear the gentle whisper of God while engaged in fear-filled 
anxious, insecure, self-pitying conversations that rumble loudly in our heads. And that's that white noise that's constantly going in there. You know, God's never going to do that for you. God's not going to come through for you. But see, the thing is, is that in order for you to be able to hear God, there's one thing that you got to do. You got to move. <laughs> you got to change your position. You got to move from the place where you were at. The first thing that God told uh, Elijah when he wanted to do something, he said, you know, get up and go to the mountainside. He was commanding an action. Can you guys imagine if Elijah would have said, is that really you, God? Because it says that the word of the Lord came to him. And he changed his position. He put himself in a place where he could hear the Lord. See, I'm not sure where you're at today. I'm not sure what's keeping you from hearing the Lord. But I can guarantee you that if you change your position, if you cry out to the Lord and you really put yourself in a place where he could hear you, he will hear you. He will, you will be able to listen to that. Last week as I was um, thinking about uh, my 22nd uh, birthday in the Lord, man, I wish I was 20, 22 again. Um, when I was celebrating my, uh, my 22nd birthday in, in the Lord, you know, just facing um, a difficult situation that really just broke my heart. And it's one of those moments where you're just like, where I really just changed my position and just came before the Lord. And I just said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I've exhausted everything that I could possibly do. I don't know how to fix this, Lord. I don't know what to do. And I can tell you that in that moment, I was broken. In that moment, I really felt like no direction from the Lord because I've already exhausted everything that I know what to do. And I remember going to bed and I'm just basically laid it at the Lord's feet. I said, Lord, I need you. I just, I don't know what to do, Lord. You have to fix this or you have to tell me how to do this. And as I went to sleep that night in the presence of the Lord, where I'm just really just wanting to hear from him, the Lord spoke to me. He spoke to me so clearly. And the next morning I woke up knowing exactly what I needed to do. I knew the steps that I needed to do. I knew exactly what I needed to do to get myself up. I'm not sure where you're at. I'm not sure what you're facing. But I can guarantee you that if you just quiet all the noise, that if you change your position, you will get to hear the Lord. And that comes from a place of really just wanting to say, Lord, I need you. See, and Elijah was in a bad place and his situation got worse after a, a big high. And how many of us, our situation gets worse after we have a big high? You know, maybe you were baptized last Sunday and, and you were just, you know, very, you know, in this high place and all of a sudden enemy came and hit you hard this week and started to take your joy away. 
and, and, and started to rob you of what the Lord has for you. See, Elijah had had a showdown with all the, uh, all the prophets of Jezebel, right? And, and it was a big showdown, and, and, and the power of God was in display, and all of them were consumed by, you know, the, you know uh, the Lord came, and all of them were destroyed. And maybe it was because he thought that it would be all over after that, 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 that showdown in Mount Carmel. And that's called unmet expectations. And after three years... He was, he was tired of hiding, drained from the pressure, and expected, uh, expected uh, his enemies to surrender to God. Instead, Jezebel, the, the wicked queen, became even more defiant. Her threat of death was a trigger point that sent Elijah inspiring downward. I'm not sure what you're facing. I'm not sure what battle, bigger battle you're, you're facing now, even after you, you, uh, you, you face everything that, that uh, you know, the highs that you've done. And maybe you, you thought, maybe, Lord, I've already done everything that you've asked me to do. How many of you have ever faced, even when you've had those highs with the Lord, how many of you have had just faced like those, those, those deep valleys and you're like, how could this be? And now all of a sudden you find yourself in a place of, of discouragement. All of a sudden, you find your place thinking, Lord, what's going on? Where, where am I going? What are you doing? Why am I feeling this way? And you see, in this particular case, her threat of death was the trigger point that sent him spiraling downward. Perhaps you have allowed a trigger event in your life to overwhelm you. Maybe you've even allowed an incident or an event or an incident to open a door that you cannot close. And it has become the negative door prop in your life. Maybe you didn't get the job promotion that you so much wanted. And all of a sudden, fear props the door open. Maybe your boyfriend tells you that it's not going to work out and that anxiety and that noise gets louder. Maybe your child says, you know what? I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do. I want to live my life the way that I want to live. Whether you like it or not, this is how I'm living. And again, that anxiety gets louder. Whatever message gets a foothold inside of your head and is repeated at a high volume will shape your future thinking. I'm going to say that again. Whatever message gets a foothold inside of your head and is repeated at a high volume, that is the one thing that will shape your thinking. Not sure where you're at today. Not sure what voice you've been listening to. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord wants you to listen to his voice. I'm here to tell you that the Lord wants you to remove all this extra noise out of your life so that you could hear him clearly. I'm here to tell you that the Lord wants you to really discern his word. 
Don't just take any word as his word and say, this is the, what the Lord has. Do not miss that message. Not sure where you're at, but I believe that the Lord has something in store for you today. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Just going to really ask the Lord that the Lord will give you that, that um, direction, that wisdom, that understanding for you to know exactly the next steps that you need to take. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a Father who doesn't leave us and doesn't forsake us. We thank you, Father, that you are here to lead, to guide, to correct, to take us to places where we've never been, Lord. And many of us here, Father, don't know what it's like to just surrender to you. Many of us here don't know what it's like to just put everything at your feet and trust. Many of us have been allowing our feelings and emotions to overwhelm our heart, to cloud our mind and our decisions. Many of us think that those passions are the things that you have for us, Lord, when in reality you have so much greater than that. So, Father, I pray that today your voice will get through like never before. And even as I'm praying right now, Father, I pray that you will provide answers, that you will provide clarity, Lord, to the things that you're saying, Lord. And I pray, Father, that if somebody is unsure of the voice, or your voice, Daddy, of the things that you're saying, Lord, that they will ask for help, for discernment, Lord, that they will go to your word and find confirmation of the very things that you are saying, Lord. And I pray, Father, that if there's somebody here, Lord, that maybe needs to change their position, Lord, maybe they need to find a place of isolation, that you will allow them, that you will give them the strength, the willpower to do so, Father. You are such a good and loving daddy. And we just worship you for that, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our comfort, who is our helper, who helps us in time of need, who leads and guides us. And I pray, Father, that right now, Holy Spirit is enabling us to hear your voice, to hear your direction, and know exactly what it is that you want. So, Daddy, I just thank you, Daddy, that you are good, that you are king. And I'm thanking you, Daddy, that right now your children are hearing your voice like never before. Heal every hurt, Lord. Heal every pain. Bring release and comfort, Lord, where that needs to happen, Lord. Bring perseverance, Lord, and endurance. When there may be somebody in this place, Father, who's just willing to give up right now, would you just let them know that they can keep going, that they don't have to stop, that they will make it through. So encourage them right now, Daddy. Encourage them right now. For those marriages, Lord, that maybe are in the, on the rocks right now, Lord, 
that maybe uh, husband and wife are at a point where they're not listening to one another, Lord. Well, I pray, Father, that they will be able to listen to your voice and that they're listening to the same voice that will once again unite them back together again. Thank you, Daddy, for calming every single storm in our hearts and our minds and letting us know that you are there and that you are for us. We love you, Daddy. We give you all praise. We give you all honor, all glory. We thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.